0: Hi, I'm Amy Rodman, welcome to Igniting Creativity, a series for virtual teachers where I walk you through the things I wish I would have known about becoming a teacher business owner and help you creatively thrive. I'm still teaching classes for the majority of my time, but without building my business I wouldn't be sustaining this kind of career. It's a lot different than having a structured schedule where you report to a building with guidelines and deadlines set by others. My success now completely depends on what I put into it and how I manage my time. Join me on this journey of how I'm making that work so you can implement what speaks to you. Don't forget to download the free workbook to help you make the progress that will aid in your success. Welcome to episode four, The Art of Self-Promotion. I'll be the first to admit that marketing was not in my wheelhouse. I know how to teach. I've been teaching for over 20 years. I feel extremely comfortable in front of people or when I'm demonstrating something. But how do I get my name out there? How do I make sure that my classes are seen? And we can have the mindset of the market is too saturated, that we're just this little tiny fish in this great big ocean. But That does not mean that learners can't find you. You do need to put some work into it, and I will wholeheartedly recommend finding somebody that can teach you more about this if this is one of the things you struggle with. I belong to a membership and have taken some classes that this has really, really helped me. So things that I've learned and things that I've started implementing have definitely made an improvement in being seen and getting enrollments. So how can you be recognizable? Number one, make sure that you have very clear photographs, things are distraction-free, you don't have a busy background, and if you're working on your profile picture, smile, look friendly, make sure if you have a quirky personality that that shows. You want your students to know who you are and kind of get an idea of what your personality is like. You want consistency as well. So use that photo wherever you possibly can so that they see that that is you. With consistency, you can also do things like choosing colors. Whenever you are creating any of your course materials, you can consistently use colors And not only is that consistency going to help you be recognized, but it makes it easier on your end too. There's no messing around and figuring out what color is going to go best with this lesson versus that lesson. Stay consistent and it streamlines your work. So when you're choosing your colors, do you have a favorite color? Do you want to project a certain mood or feeling around what you are offering? Do you want an upbeat, high energy type of effect? Are you more calm? And I will definitely compare myself versus my virtual teacher bestie. I can teach the same age range as her, but I have a very different approach. If we are teaching something, I'm going to use this example. I've painted castles with kids, and the kids have a lot of fun and they start deciding that they're the queen of whatever or they're gonna be a princess or they're painting a castle for this king and they start giving themselves names or the castle's names and I can have fun with it too but I didn't show up to class in a crown and I don't have that really high energy just like I'm on the whole time. My class tends to be more calm and just a little more even keel. My teacher, Bestie, shows up to her princess drawing class in a crown. She's got that high energy. Both classes are a lot of fun. We've actually had overlapping students, so my personality is not going to be the same as her personality. We're going to teach differently, which means that our thumbnails, our promotional stuff, is going to probably look different as well. If you're not sure about what kind of colors to use to project this mood, all you have to do is search branding colors, because it's going to come up with a ton of charts that might use different words, but generally are expressing similar feelings for each of those colors. So if you look at brands that you're familiar with, you might be able to start associating some of these things with the brands based on the colors they chose. If you go with red, you're probably want to going to be showing excitement, youthfulness. It's more bold. Orange usually is associated with friendly, cheerful, confident products or services. Yellow is optimistic. It shows clarity and warmth. Then you get into the cool colors and green tends to be a little more peaceful. It might be showing growth and it's associated with nature. With blue, and I feel like you see a lot of blue, you want to show that people can trust you. You're dependable and you have this strength. Purple is usually associated with imaginative and creative things and could be considered wise. And then also you can go with neutral colors, a balance, a neutral, calm effect. If you go with gray or browns, White and black might have a little bit different feelings because of them having that contrast. But generally, you wanna pick up to two or three primary brand colors and you can use four or five secondary colors. It's not like you have to just pick one color and stick with it. But choose your colors, make a note of them, and then consistently use them throughout all of your course offerings all of your marketing or promotional um, products anything that people are seeing pictures and videos of you and what you're doing another thing to consider which sometimes is left out is fonts and the reason i bring this up is because you need to know your audience and figure out who is looking for your products. So if you are targeting a younger market, watch what type of fonts you use because they still need to be very clear and easy to read. And the example that I'm going to use is something I still like can't wrap my brain around. I can't believe that this happened and I can't believe somebody at the top didn't say something and make it change. So the school that I used to work for built a new building and when they built this building it became a K through 8 building. It was connected, you know, two wings connected in the middle by the offices and the cafeteria and the library and above the doors they labeled all of the classrooms and well not classrooms but like the main gathering areas and all of the things that most schools would label so that you knew where you were heading. So right there, when you're walking into the office, there's a giant vinyl sticker above the door that says office. It's a K through 8 building. Even on the elementary side, it's in cursive. These students don't know how to read that yet. They barely teach cursive in that school anymore. What were they thinking? It was all through the school. Cafeteria. That's a really long word. In cursive. It just still blows my mind that they didn't consider the audience. Whoever designed it should have known better. The administrators should have made them change it. But I don't know how many years later now, seven years later, it's still in cursive. So let's go into some of the photography and things that really make your classes stand out. Not necessarily just photography, but... The thumbnails. When a class is posted, that's what is going to catch their attention. They're going to see or be able to judge what this class is about based on the visual that is presented. And when we say, don't judge a book by its cover, you know darn well that that is happening. So you want your class to stand out. You also need to make sure that you're choosing visuals that are not copyrighted and that can be hard sometimes. So I do have a tip for that. But before we do that, let's just talk about consistency. Like I said, you want to streamline your process. So create a template of how you can develop these to save time. What can each of them look like? Are they going to have a border? Are they going to have a background? Are you going to put a photo in it or a drawing? Is it going to be including words. Some places discourage that for advertising purposes, but sometimes I think it's necessary. Do you want your photo on each one so that whenever your class pops up, people know right away that it's you? And it seemed kind of cheesy to me at first, but honestly, I started doing it because now whenever I look through the courses, I'm able to spot certain ones right away and it's like, oh, okay, my child's going to love that class because they took a class with them before. And you don't have to read through everything to find it. It it's the visual that catches your eye first. So, in respect to the copyrights. A lot of people use Canva. I highly recommend it. It was a program that I kind of fought off for a long time because I knew that I could do all of these things for free with Google and they do have a free version of Canva. But in my opinion, now that I've been focusing more on marketing things and doing things with social media, Canva has been great. I'm able to post things and schedule things and they have all the right sizes. That was the thing that always confused me about how to resize everything so it fit perfectly and now I can just automatically go into a template, even if I start with a blank one, it's the right size and format. So if you have paid for the Canva Pro, you don't have to worry about those copyright issues because you are allowed to use those for your thumbnails. If you are just Googling a different subject, you know, whatever subject it is for your class, and you just randomly pick an image off of the top image page, most likely you're picking something that has been copyrighted. So that is a huge no-no. And you need to go to the toolbar that is across the top and at the right, there's a category that says tools. Click on tools and then drop down to usage rights. Then you can pick for commercial usage because you want to make sure that you're doing things right and nobody comes back and says, you're using this photo illegally. Going past the thumbnails, something that is often debatable are videos, adding videos to your class descriptions so that whenever students are looking at what they're wanting to choose, they can get an idea about what the class is going to be about, who you are, what your personality is like. At the minimum, have an introduction video on your profile at least if they want to take the time and make the effort to click past your class and onto that to really get an idea of what you're like, you have a video there. But I do think that it is useful to use videos for individual classes as well. And for my ongoing classes, because they're similar enough, but there's different age groups or different materials, I made a pretty general one so I could reuse it. I didn't want to take the time, and this is, I guess, pure laziness on my part, or just, I was trying to save time, and I might update it myself later, but for now, this is what worked. I was able to make a pretty general video for those ongoing classes, so that of the nine classes, I was able to plug that same video in, both for learners and for parents. Now, you can take the time to make separate ones, But if I were making separate ones, that would have been 18 separate videos. So down the road, it's possible that I'll do that. But for now, those worked. And the reason they've worked, and I know they have, is because I've had parents and students tell me they chose my class because they were able to see what my personality was like. That's important. And that's going to be discussed in episode six, where we talk about building relationships with families. So... So recap, make sure you're choosing colors that you can just go to very quickly. It's not like you have to make tons of decisions. Update that profile picture if you need to, and use it. Use it in multiple places. Plug it into your thumbnails. Create those consistent course listing photos. Include a background, a photo, or a collage, your title, your profile picture, whatever you wanna include, but create a template to do it so that each of your classes look similar enough that people are recognizing that they're you and that it's you teaching them. And then update those videos. As much as so many of us hate to do a video and it's hard to not look stiff or you know you're trying not to read off of anything, you know, create an outline, do whatever you need to do and make it short and sweet. Nobody wants to sit and watch a five minute video anyway, but it can make an impact on allowing students to know what you're like. If you want another quick win to help you promote yourself, download that workbook and put yourself on the mailing list. You, I have another tip, something that I've done before. It has worked and it's something that I like especially because it's visual and again people like quick visual things. They don't take the time to read stuff I've noticed. And then check out show notes for upcoming community building coaching calls on each of the topics that I'm talking about throughout this podcast series. I highly recommend you seeking help in the areas that you don't feel as comfortable in. That's why I decided to join that membership. That's why I have invested time and a little bit of money into learning about these things because it has paid itself. You know, I have paid myself back by doing that. And I know sometimes it seems hard to do, especially if you're struggling with those enrollments or it's a slow time, but I have also found that during the slow times, that's whenever I'm able to plug in some professional development so that when it does start picking up, I don't have to spend the time spinning my wheels to get things going. This has really been a beneficial thing for me to do during those slow times. I know virtual teaching can be lonely. We're sitting behind a screen in our own home with no other coworkers. I left a really good support system of coworkers who I'm still in contact with on a regular basis. But I miss that community of seeing them in person and bouncing ideas off of each other. I guess what I should say is I miss seeing them, but I don't miss leaving my house. I do love my commute now. But what I'm trying to build here is a bit of community collaboration over competition every step of the way. There's six episodes in this series and hopefully one or all of the topics resonate with you in some way to help you build your business. Don't forget about the workbook that can be downloaded in the show notes and you can find me at amyroadman.com or at amy.roadman.art on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening.